The Song Confessional Podcast is a co-production of KUT, KUTX Studios, and Good Taste Society. If you like this podcast, the best, nicest, greatest thing you can do is subscribe to it and review it. Or just send it to a friend. This is Walker Lukens, and you are listening to... Let me explain what we do here at the Song Confessional. So we collect recordings of anonymous stories. We uh, we get these all over the country, all over the world, actually. We we travel around in a camper trailer, going to music festivals and stuff. We've got a permanent confessional booth at Hotel Magdalena here in Austin, Texas. We've got an online portal where people tell us stories. All sorts of ways, right? So we take our favorite of these stories... And we call them confessions, and we give them to songwriters who write and record an original song based on those anonymous stories. Here on this podcast, you're going to hear the confession, you're going to hear the song it inspired, and an interview with the songwriter. I'm sitting here with the little Latin lover that I just couldn't shake. <laughs> What's your name, guy? Uh, this little Latin lover is Zach Catanzaro. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Uh, do, do you just try to catch me off guard with those? I, I, 100%. I literally never know what Walker's about to introduce me as. We we do not discuss that ahead of time. So it's always like a little pleasant surprise for me. It's the most research I do for this entire <laughs> podcast. I'm driving to the studio just like forwarding calls, turning the music. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to call Zach? Where is the connective tissue? How do I connect the confession back to Zach? Please, Lord, bless me. Okay. Zach, we are on the fourth episode of our five-part miniseries. What's the deal with these confessions? How are they tied together? All the confessions on this little miniseries were taken at our permanent confessional booth at Hotel Magdalena. You can walk into the lobby 24-7, record a confession. We take our favorites, as always, give those to songwriters and bands, and they get to write and record an original song based on your confession. Exactly. So... When we started this, or I should say when the booth opened at Hotel Magdalena, we uh, started an artist in residence program at the same time. One of the first artists we asked to do this was Carrie Rodriguez, an Austin staple. Uh, Carrie has been making music in Austin for 20 years. 20 years. Yeah, 10 albums almost, something like that. Yeah, she's got 10 albums under her own name. Um, she kind of got her start in recording by uh, releasing records with Chip Taylor. Uh, more recently, Carrie has been writing songs for a musical in an off-Broadway play that actually just premiered. We talk about that more in our interview. So we invited her to do this, and she invited her friend to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she brought in Susanna Schofel, also been in Austin for over 10 years. Um, she's released a few albums under her own name. You might have seen her on The Voice, potentially. She even, like... Worked with Macklemore before he was famous, which is pretty wild. Yeah, and and you might hear her voice every week on Sun Radio. Yeah, which is an Austin greater area broadcast, but it's actually available online everywhere. So it's it's getting out there these days. I remember when uh, when our song Lifted was doing really well at radio. Uh, Sun Radio had it on in rotation, and there are people who listen to that programming all over the country. It's very cool. It's really cool. It's, it's nice to have a, a station that has that kind of impact right here at home. So we, uh, we're going to hear all about Carrie and Susanna's careers and how they met and how this friendship turned into making this song together uh, in the interview later. But first, you got to hear this confession. Confession. 
Um, so one time I was in Barcelona and it was a weird time in my life. I was I, I was in between jobs, um, in between yeah, in between jobs. Um, I was living in my hometown and was pretty dissatisfied with my life, honestly, and needed to change. Um, and I, I booked myself a ticket to Barcelona and. It's one of my favorite cities in the whole world, so I was anticipating I was going to have a great time. I get there, um, I am looking to get into trouble with a lot of men, and so I start doing that, and <laughs> always fun um, until you catch feelings with the first one that you meet up with. And... <laughs> It was hilarious. We, we met at this very fast food place in Spain called Pans. It's like a really fast foody bakery kind of place. Um, next to a skate park, next to a train station. Um, and just started talking and we were both songwriters. So very emotional people to begin with. And things just progressed very quickly. And I, I only had a few days there. <laughs> And uh, it was amazing. He lived near Barcelona, but in a close to a village. Um, and he taught me some Catalan. And his brother was a chef. And he brought me to uh, a dinner party that he was hosting. And he did the music at. And we just went all around the city um, pretending it was going to last forever when I think we both know it was only going to be a few days. Um, and the last night, he stayed at my hotel room, um, and I, I played some Chet Baker and got us a bottle of wine and we had a bath and and talked about life. It, it it almost felt like a practice run for what reality would be like, and a practice run for what I hope love would feel like, or a practice run for what I idealized love to be, or a romantic relationship, and what my past relationships didn't give me and with this person where there was no strings attached and I could just leave and block them on WhatsApp. Um, I, I could, anything was possible. Anything was possible if they were willing to do it with me. Um, so yeah, that next morning he actually brought me to the airport and <laughs> um, in full movie-like fashion, we hugged and kissed and he cried as he sent me off on the plane home. Um, and I got on that plane knowing full well, I actually left the hug knowing full well I'd never talk to this person again. And I, I get on the plane and, and get home and he's trying to message me and I, I never respond. Um, which is a really shitty thing to do. But some things aren't like meant to last forever, you know? Like some things are meant to just be maybe a practice run for the real deal and, and just left there. And, and it's sweeter to let it have an ending. It's, it's more fantastical and romantic to let it have an ending instead of trying to drag it on and bring it into your world and, and maybe try to manifest it in reality. Um, yeah, that's my confessional. Thank you.
Now here's Barcelona by Carrie Rodriguez and Susanna Schofel. my heart over the ocean miles apart from where my troubled mind had made its home were you looking for love or just a little romance noche de roma another chance of feeling something better than alone watching the wheels roll up and down bend the board leave the ground your heart Without a shadow of a doubt I let the flame burn into my memory A sacred fantasy Better to leave it burning Than to stay and put it out Chet Baker on the radio Lights are low, moving slow Touch of your hand upon my skin Feel it
One thing I really love about this song is how stylistically it is different from a lot of what we've put out recently. Um, not not just, you know, the genre and the sound of it, of, of course. I mean, it, it really does a really good job of painting that romantic Spanish vacation. It, it feels like that. It takes you there. Um, but also just the physical way it was recorded. It was recorded in a relatively old school way that you don't really see too much these days, you know? I, I'm bummed that uh, that Jim Eno is on tour right now and can't walk us through this process because this was recorded in the classic, let's make a record, boys, way, you know? <laughs> yeah, Get a bunch yeah, of great exactly. musicians together, <laughs> record them live, doing a song that's pretty newly written. Mm-hmm. Um, truly an all-star band on this. You got Alex Marrero on drums, Roscoe Beck is playing bass, David Pluggingham is playing guitar. Uh, West or James West, the is playing Rhodes. Actually, he's playing Wurlitzer. Kara mm. uh, Rodriguez is singing and playing violin, and Susanna Schofel is singing. I mean, it's just a lot of really great players who figured out how to do this in a day out of studio, and they cut it actually to tape mm-hmm. because Jim uh, does this program with the uh, the audio engineering program at University of Ohio where these students come and, and observe. And so he does recording sessions in different ways. And so this one, they actually cut it to two inch tape, which is, you know, how everything used to be done. Yeah. But almost nothing is done these yeah. days. And, and a lot of times people, you know, spend a lot of money wanting to cut things to tape and then end up scrapping it and, and doing it digitally anyway, because it's just so much easier. Totally. I mean, and, and I think that, um, two things have happened since we've switched to doing more digital recording. One is that, uh, our expectation of what a record, what, what music should sound like has gone up. Mm-hmm. So we expect perfection that you can kind of only achieve, uh, with digital recording because yeah. you can edit stuff. Yeah. And at the same time, I think that musicianship in a lot of ways has gone down. Absolutely. Which is amazing because it's allowed more amateurs into this field and there doesn't need to be, you know, gatekeepers like technology. Yeah. There's always positives mm-hmm. and negatives, but, yeah. but it's why something like this stands out so much because this is just a bunch of musicians playing music. Mm-hmm. And as simple as that concept sounds, it just doesn't happen as often as it seems like it would these days. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's really, really special to hear a song uh, with musicians of this caliber recorded mm-hmm. in, in such a classic way. Yeah. Well, you'll hear more about Carrie and Susanna's writing process, which was also done in a very classic way in our interview. 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 Who who am I speaking with? <laughs> That's Carrie Rodriguez, y'all. That's what I wanted. I wanted Susanna Schofel to introduce me with okay. that voice. Will you introduce her? <laughs> and from Austin, Texas, Susanna Schofel. We were talking, trying to schedule this interview, and you were about to go to L.A.? Yeah. Why? Why are we going to LA? Uh, to record a new album. I'm finally going to record a new album and I'm really excited, but I had to cancel the trip because of stupid oak allergy. Completely mm-hmm. stole my voice. So we rescheduled for May. So I'm going in a few weeks. Yeah. And what, what album is this for you? This is album number four. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be recording with my buddy David Garza. He's going to be producing. And cool. yeah, it's been something that we've talked about in the past and um Never really worked out. And then finally, it f- I felt like this collection of songs was like perfect for him and his palette and his artistry. And he was like, 
what if I, what if he came out to LA? You know, we always thought about, he's always coming here for shows, but he's kind of slowing that down. And so I was like, all right, I'll go out to LA. And I'm actually really stoked because I've never made an album that way where like you just go somewhere, show up and hardcore work it for seven days instead of like schlepping to the studio for like four or five months in your hometown <laughs> trying to make it happen. Yeah. Oh, that's such a great way to record. Just because yeah. you can get in the movie and stay there. Yes, exactly. No distractions. Exactly. And especially yeah. with kids now, it's like it's going to be so nice to just sort of be in artist mode straight for, you know, six days, seven days instead of constantly, you know, switching it up, like home to the kids, back to, you know, because it's, it is a little jarring to, to work both those worlds, as I know you know, Carrie. (laughs) Yes. Well, so the other reason that uh, it was a little hard to schedule this interview is because you've been in New York, Carrie. Why, why have you been going to New York? I have been going to New York because I wrote the songs for a musical that just opened off Broadway last week. What's the name of the musical? It's called Americano. And we we started developing it in Phoenix uh, with the Phoenix uh, Theater Company. And that was back in, I guess I started writing songs for this in 2017. And I've been working on it ever since. <laughs> wow. It's been a journey, girl. <laughs> so so uh, you and I talked a couple months ago and you were talking about writing songs. And I just want to clarify because I, I didn't know this and I, I imagine there's some other people that won't know this. But So you wrote the songs, but you didn't arrange them for the musical, correct? Didn't you work with someone to... Yes. Well, yes. So first I wrote the songs with the book writers mm-hmm. and... I didn't know anything about musical theater before this. So the book writers are the people that writing the script, right? That the songs fit into. So uh, we were all working together for a couple of years. And, and then I reached out to another person who has no musical theater background like me, uh, Sergio Mendoza, who has a group called Orquesta Mendoza. He's a member of Calexico. He just worked on their most recent album, which is awesome. Mm. Um, and, yeah, so he's somebody we share a booking agent, and he didn't know me at all. I just called him out of the blue. I'm like, hey, do you want to arrange a musical? <laughs> and so that's been wonderful. He's so talented, and I think that's a huge part of why people are loving this musical so much. So so you wrote the songs, and he helped you arrange them for the stage? Yes, yes. The, I mean, the songs, because I am very much a folk singer-songwriter. I mean, they sound a little bit that way. The The musical is based on a true story. It's about a young guy who grows up in Phoenix. His parents brought him from Mexico when he was two, mm-hmm. and they did not tell him that. So he grew up thinking he was an American citizen. He was a very patriotic young man, and his dream was to become a Marine. And on his 18th birthday, he goes to the recruiter, and the recruiter asks, well, why don't you have a social? And he said, well, I don't know. My dad said I didn't need it yet until I stopped working for him. Oh, no. All of a sudden it dawns on him. He goes home, confronts his parents. His life is shattered. And, and then, you know, what he's done since then is incredible. He ended up getting very involved with um, activism. He started his own political canvassing business, which has really changed the face of Arizona politics, helping people get elected who are helping immigrant causes. So... Yes. All that to say, the sound of the musical is very much Arizona, Mex, um, and and Sergio, who arranged the music, helped me take my kind of Latin-esque folk songs and put them into a much more, like, yeah, danceable, a lot of cumbia, mm. grooves. Um, yeah. 
it's a really <laughs> fun the, collection of songs. <laughs> the longer I work in music as a writer, the more I love when the more I love having tons of people involved. Like it's exciting mm-hmm. to watch your music transform like that. Mm-hmm. It know. is. And it's really a trip when, you know, like, for example, showing up in New York a couple of months ago to the first rehearsal. I mean, we have 18 cast members. Wow. So sitting in the that's theater crazy. and hearing that many people sing a song. Oh, you wrote, it's wild. That's, that's crazy. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It it's really wild. <laughs> OK, so you grew up in Austin. Yes. Did you go to Berkeley? Did I make that up? I did go to Berkeley. Okay, so maybe in brief, how do you go from going to Berkeley to writing songs from for a musical? Quick, quick edition. I don't want your whole uh, <laughs> oh, boy. your whole uh, you know biography, okay. but like, what was the what was the connection? The connection. I actually think the connection was Chip Taylor, because I I went to Berkeley for violin performance. Okay. Been a violinist my whole life. I had never sung before, never written a song. I wasn't interested in that's crazy doing to me. those things. I feel like you've been doing it since you were a kid. So yeah, my first gig out of college was with the songwriter Chip Taylor, who most people know for writing the song Wild Thing, Angel mm-hmm. of the Morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he hired me to play fiddle in his band pretty soon. He's like, oh, can you sing some harmony? I'm like, well, I've never sung before, but okay. And that turned into making a duet record with him six months after we started touring and then many duet records and eventually writing songs with Chip. Yeah. So yeah, that's, he sort of dragged me I remember that era so vividly in Austin too by the way what era is this I don't know was that like mid-aughts early aughts or something yeah it was 2001 yeah I believe is that right yeah 2001 our first record came out duet record it was called let's leave this town yeah and there was a song called Sweet Tequila Blues. Yes, I think I remember they this. They played on the radio a lot. Yeah, I heard it on the radio. Like, I, I remember I moved back from, like, Santa Fe, where I was going to college in, like, 2003 or something. And y- y'all were everywhere. Like, it was, I was like, whoa, Chip Taylor. Because I knew who you were. I knew, and I was like, wow, this is an interesting combination. Like, Chip Taylor and Carrie Rodriguez. And it worked so well. And y'all were just, like, yeah. killing it. It was awesome. It yeah. was such a bizarre combination. Yeah. So Chip was, when I met him, I think he was early 60s wow. and I was 21 right and all of a sudden we're singing these yeah songs yeah, it together was interesting I've looked back there's a, a a video of us doing what's that um top of the pops do you guys ever see that yes oh yeah yeah we did a top of the pops and Whoa. it's just so crazy I saw it the other day and I'm like wow I look like I'm 12 first of all <laughs> um and we're singing this country get me back to Austin song it's just so wild what a wild I know it's funny how many life how many lives we live in like such a short period of time anyway you go on about like how you got from there to well to the to the musical (laughs) but I I didn't know that I had no idea that's how it started see yeah um so many lives but so so you started that and then you started making your own records Yes, but I think I made three with Chip, and he helped me make my first solo record, which was 2006, mm. called Seven Angels on a Bicycle. And right since then, I've been making solo records. And and so, who approached you about doing the musical? It was one of the book writers had seen me open up for Alejandro Escovedo at the Belly Up um, in outside of San Diego. And yeah, I think he, he 
kind of resonated with my songs that are in Spanglish and mm-hmm. speaking about sort of my own bicultural upbringing here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. I think that's fascinating. <clears throat> just because musicals are such a different thing from the, mm-hmm. you know, in, uh, indie rock world or whatever you want to call it. They, they are. And I've honestly, I've barely ever seen a musical. Yeah. To, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I did right after I got the call. I went and saw In the Heights, mm-hmm. which Lin-Manuel wrote with Kiara Hudis. I mm-hmm. know this now. Look at you. Um, your name. Before Hamilton. And mm-hmm. they were playing in Austin. So I did go see that musical. Yeah. And I went, wow, this seems really fucking hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what am I getting myself into? I know. Every time I watch a musical, I'm like, I think of all the parts that go into it. And I'm just like, this is overwhelming like I don't mm-hmm. even know how how it all begins and how I mean you're seeing that process now and it's like it is kind of incredible that you go from just like this story to the music to the acting to the stage the costumes the lighting the choreography the everything you know it's so many people yeah. that make that happen it's pretty incredible it's, yeah. it's wild to collaborate with that many people yeah. <laughs> did y'all know each other growing up no <laughs> but we have an interesting connection. So we both went to Austin High oh, you down did? there on the lake. Uh-huh. Okay. And, but we're in different, we were in different grade levels. But I have an older sister. And my older sister, I remember, was always like, Carrie, there's this girl, Carrie Rodriguez, and she plays fiddles at, at fiddle at the, like, she would go to, like, parties or, like, she remembers you hmm. bringing your fiddle out to, like, parties and stuff and playing around like campfires and stuff like that. So I remember when she talked about you later and I heard your name, I was like, Oh, that's Carrie Rodriguez. Like, um, that's so cool. So we just have this weird, you know, whatever connection, but we didn't really, I don't think I met you. I don't know. When did I meet you? Right. Because I was gone all the years that, you know, I was gone from 96 until yeah, you were gone. 2010. Right. And then yeah. I moved to New York in 2011. So I don't think yeah. our paths really crossed. I moved back in 2014. Mm-hmm. And then it must have been like in the next couple years. Oh, I think I like officially met you maybe through David at your laboratorio show you did with him. Oh, yeah. Maybe. I don't know if I met you before that. Maybe we had met real quick in passing, but that yep. was where he was like, you and Carrie need to like get together and do some stuff. And I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? I adore you. I was such a fan. And um, and then you were like, yeah, you were super open to it. And you got my information and we ended up. And I asked you to do laboratorio with yeah. us. Yeah. Which was so much fun. So fun. Mm-hmm. Oh is, my gosh. What is that? What is oh, laboratorio? You take it. It's a, a series I started a few years, well, pre-pandemic, a couple years before mm-hmm. the pandemic. Uh, basically a celebration of Latinx culture through music and some spoken word. Uh, we have an all-star band. It's Roscoe back on bass, uh, Michael Ramos on keys and accordion, Alex Marrero on drums, and uh, David Polkingham on guitar, sometimes David Jimenez on guitar. So this amazing group of people who love playing Latin music, and we get a different guest for every show and collaborate with them, learn their tunes, <laughs> they learn ours. And we were doing this at the Cactus, like once mm. every month or two. And then since now the cactus is really no longer, um, we started it up again. It's at the stateside. Very cool. We've got one coming up May 22nd. Yes. If I'm not mistaken, is that not the exact band that was on this track you recorded? Mm. Yes. It's the Laboratorio band. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh 
That's right. My favorite musicians. They're all the best. <laughs> They're so good. Yeah. They are. They, yeah. they are really, it's <clears throat> really good. But I will say that as far as sessions that we've done for this, uh, that is the most live of any session we've ever done. Right. Mm -hmm. And usually when I tell Jim or anyone that like, hey, we're going to try to do this live, there's a lot of... Um, anxiety <laughs> because you know, I know I mean, most, rec <laughs> most recording is people sitting in front of a computer redoing stuff you know yeah uh but I came in in the middle of uh, the session and y'all first off the music was already done and y'all were already doing vocals but secondly I looked at Jim and Wes who played keyboard on and they both were like everyone's so fucking good they're all so good oh yeah, yeah. yeah it <laughs> was a really cool. yeah that was a, it was an easy joyful like experience I would say just because everyone was so yeah. Good. I mean, if you add up the years of experience mm -hmm. that that band has like, yeah. cumulatively, it's pretty impressive. And they've all done such different things. I well, mean, and y'all yeah. are impressive. That's the other part. Aww. I didn't want to miss that. Is that it's, that's one thing. But then also, like, y'all did that all in a day, live to tape. Which is crazy. <laughs> I was a little nervous. <laughs> I felt so... Uh, so raw and rough because we were like in still kind of in the pandemic. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I haven't been in a recording studio like hardly at all. I think once That's to do true. that Valentine song with you. And that was it. Like, it's yeah. And I, if I remember, y'all did this in November or December 2021, right? Mm -hmm. Recorded it. Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So did you took COVID tests before, right? Yeah. Yeah, we had everybody had, there was a table outside. Yes. We all did the popsicle <laughs> the lollipops. sticks. Yeah. COVID lollipops. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was <clears throat> the first thing, really. Yeah. One of the first sessions I did. Um, okay, so I want to talk to you guys about this song and yeah. this confession. So for some backstory, uh, Carrie, I asked you to do this pro this Arts and Residence program because I had just done that David Ramirez show with you. Right. You came in and you sang, you played violin on that song. And I was like, man, that would be fun to have Carrie do this. <laughs> and then I reached out to you and you were doing a gig with Susanna mm -hmm. at Folk. For oh, House Settlers? Or, yeah, the House of Songs thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we're real loose and we like loved that idea. It was awesome. You were already on our list. So it's perfect. Yeah. And y'all were, well, explain to me what y'all were doing. Because y'all were already working on something together. We were. Before you in invited her yeah, into Yeah, it was this. an interesting thing. So we were, the House of Songs, Graham Weber approached me and Carrie and Matt, the electrician, to do this kind of collaborative songwriting thing for Old Settlers Music Festival, where we were going to perform on a stage the last day of Old Settlers, and we they were going to be songs that we had all co-written together, mm -hmm. which is just crazy, because there's four of us. <laughs> so it is crazy. It's also crazy <laughs> to play a whole set of music at a festival yes. that's just comprised Brand of new. songs you just wrote. Brand it new. Sounds, wow. That sounds like the musician equivalent of the dream where you go to school naked. Kind of. <laughs> it was. Kind of. Absolutely. And Susanna camped the night before, so there was uh, that, too. With kids. <laughs> Crazy. I don't know what I was thinking. Checked that off my list, oh, bucket my list, Lord. that I will never do again. Um, yeah, so it, kind of, it really was like serendipitous the way this came about, because it was like we already yeah. needed to write a song. <laughs> we mm -hmm. checked two boxes. Um, we already needed to write a song, and she was like, hey, I have this song confessional thing going on, which and I knew about it and was a huge fan, and I was like, oh, my God, yes, please. I would love to do that. Yeah. So I came over to where you were Hanging out. The Hotel Magdalena. Magdalena, which was so beautiful. That was a glamorous songwriting mm. session, Susanna. The most yeah, glamorous. If only they all felt like that. I know. Instead of like this dingy ass room. I know. Used to, uh, 
where we are right now. I showed up and I was like, Carrie, you are living your yeah. best life, girl. Yeah, we're so like wait. drinking the, the the hard seltzer drinks yes. that were on the house and the, the lights coming in through the translucent curtain just perfectly. That was I was really like, who nice is day. this Walker Lukens? I got to contact him about this gig. Well, the thing that was funny too is I feel like that energy is in the song you wrote. It feels mm. very relaxed and like BT yeah. Cotelli, you know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I guess it was, you know, we were just, the sunlight was streaming in. That's it felt right. kind of like we were in Barcelona in it, a way. It did. So yeah. in, in your own words, what was this confession about? The, should I say what I made up after I heard it? <laughs> well, we're what, what is there. it really about? What okay. is it really about? <laughs> okay. Well, we did just listen to it. So we're reminded, mm -hmm. uh, the, the confession is about a, a young guy who is kind of in between jobs. He's a little lost. He's living with his parents. He decides to go to Barcelona, uh, for a diversion, hoping to meet some young, beautiful men. And he ends up basically falling in love with the first one he meets. Mm -hmm. And they have this wild, romantic affair that lasts for how long, Susan? I don't know, like three days or three something. Three days. Yeah. And it's just, it's perfect in every way. Mm -hmm. He ends up meeting the guy's family. He's like learning so much about mm -hmm. where he is. And it's so beautiful. Their last night is super romantic. They're listening to Chet Baker, <laughs> baths, hotel rooms. And when they said goodbye at the airport and they've exchanged all the information and everything, he said as he hugged, his new lover, he knew that was the last time he would ever see him or talk to him again. He had already decided that because he wanted that love affair to be perfect always. And trying to prolong it in any way, trying to stay connected was just too real and messy. And he knew that would make mm -hmm. it imperfect. Mm -hmm. So as cruel as that is, I think there is a lot of beauty and wisdom in that. Yeah. Is that cruel to say? No. I, I'm like amazed at it because knowing my own self, I would have totally tried to make that into a relationship. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, let's just do this, you know? And so I'm like amazed at, you know, his whatever strength and just incredible decisiveness to be like, nope, this needs to be preserved as this beautiful, perfect thing. And, and like, I think you were saying earlier, like it probably helped him get to the next well, I think he said in the confession, like, I, I wanted it to just be this thing that maybe allowed me to get to, like, the next place in life or his next relationship or whatever, right. you know? He called yeah. it a practice run. Yeah, practice run. Yeah. love. Yeah. Although, and it was cruel. I mean, he said at when, yeah. as soon as he got home, flew back to the States, right. the guy's texting him and he just ghosted him completely. Mm. But, um, yeah, Hardcore. yeah, it was, it was a lovely sounding three days. Well, it, and it's great songwriting material, you know, cause it's like, yeah. usually there is all the drama and the crap that comes in that you don't want to write about. So I was like, oh, this is a pristine, beautiful, juicy memory. We can just kind of, mm -hmm. you know, go in on. So, yeah. Well, and so it's a, so in the song, what did you try to do in the song? Did like, did you try to capture the story of them or did you try to capture the feeling? Like what was y'all's? thinking with the lyrics I know I remember like musically for at first I was like we were just sitting there you know so hard when you're first starting a song like where what what's the palette even gonna be and I, I think I remember jokingly I was like let's do flamenco because it's in Spain you know <laughs> and I picked up my guitar and I was like Brum. but I did kind of like lean towards these kind of like dark sounding you know evocative chords and tried to give it a little bit of that like whatever yeah. zest of, of being there to set the scene 
And then I don't know. What did we? What What was the kind of the first? I, well, I just lyric? remember. You know, he the the confession was so beautifully descriptive, mm-hmm. and I yeah. just remember right. trying to put ourselves in that skate park. He he met. Yeah, that's right. So the the guy he met, they met at like a sandwich chain, and then ended mm-hmm. up sitting <laughs> all night long in the skate park in Barcelona, having amazing conversations. So we were like putting ourselves there. Right. I love that line that you wrote, Susanna, watching the wheels. Roll up and down, bend, bend the, the board. board, hear the sound or something like that. Yeah, yeah, totally. The lyric the lyric you were talking about is watching the wheels roll up and down, bend the board, leave the ground. Your heart is beating faster now. Feel the heat, hear the sound. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was kind of funny writing that because I was like, they're sitting outside like at the skateboard park. How do we do this without being like, we're at a skateboard park? <laughs> Like, I don't, you know, and I'm not a skater, so I was trying to, like, visually, like, visualize it, but make it, like, poetic, you know? And it is really fun to do that because in my usual songwriting, I'm not really trying to go to a specific place, you know? And this was so specific that we were trying to do poetically. And I was also thinking about all my times in Barcelona. Yeah. I spent a lot of time there right after college, you know, and it is such a romantic city. I was kind of remembering all the different places and being out late at night. That's, I remember being up super late most of the time I was there. That was really helpful, actually. I remember that. Like, Carrie was like, oh, yeah, I spent a ton of time there. And I was like, oh, perfect. She kind of knows the feel of it. I've never been, I've been to Spain, but I've never, I've never been to Spain. (laughs) Sorry. Um, I've been to Spain, but never Barcelona. I always think of that song every time I hear this song. Um, <laughs> what, but, what song is that for the people that don't know? Um, oh my God. We'll get back to it. Don't I am that. totally like lacking as a DJ right now. I, my brain just went completely mush. Um, anyway, back to the song. Uh, yeah. And the Chet Baker thing I remember was yeah. so perfect when you, when you put that in, um, Fun to put Chet Baker's name in a song. Totally, yeah. (laughs) Chet Baker on the radio, lights are low, moving slow. Is that what it is? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then the Spanish chorus, which is fun. Yes, yes. Uh We knew we had to to have some Spanish in there. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, in Barcelona, te doy toda mi alma. I give you all of my soul, Mm. uh, my body with tranquility. Mi cuerpo con calma. Yes. And all of my faith. I love that line. Carrie wrote the Spanish, the Spanish chorus. And I remember like when I started hanging out with Carrie, I was like, I want to write a bilingual song with her. I just think that would be so cool. And this was such a fun opportunity to kind of like witness how that's done. You know, you did it so effortlessly. Um, It was so beautiful. Yeah. So it was cool to kind of be a part of of that magic. Um, Yeah. I'm trying to think of other lyrics that stand out. no, it's great. Yeah, we were living a lifetime in those three days. That's just like a great, yeah. I think you wrote that one. Like that was just so. Did I write that? That is, it's not bad. Yeah, I think you wrote that. <laughs> we were living a lifetime in those three days. Uh, Under the covers in all the ways. Yes, <laughs> so good. So good. Mm. I, I think one thing that about that confession that's so nice is, is um, <clears throat> they really set you up well. Like it's a really, I mean, mm-hmm. people, you know, that stories could be so boring in sure. the wrong hands, but like they had, they were already like interpreting what happened and it really is, it's really awesome when it people is. are that thoughtful about their experiences. Yeah. Very mature confession. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I'm on a year camp. I definitely would. If I had that experience, I would have been like, well, I guess I'm gonna figure out how to move to Spain. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm a Spaniard now. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yep. But, but it, I mean, it, it did make it, um, I think, what it was for them, which is mm-hmm. what you call in the song a sacred fantasy. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Susanna, that. Susanna phrase. Yeah. That was my phrase. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you said... So we, that's right. That's another thing. We were talking about the, what is it called? La Sagrada. Um, Familia. The, Familia. Yes. The, the Gaudi. The Gaudi. Yeah. Which I'm just obsessed with. I'm like, I've got to get to Barcelona because that, oh, so good. Mm-hmm. But when you said that, I was like, ooh, Sagrada, sacred, you know, and then it's mm-hmm. like this fantasy. It was so fun to play with words, both in Spanish and English and like drawing from all those like feels to try to like, to, to paint this image, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, that was cool. I, I do think that's a perk of writing in Spanish and English at the mm-hmm. same time. You just have like a bigger palette yes. to work yeah. with. More that's language. Cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Um, I don't know. Carrie? I don't know. <laughs> it's oh, I think you should mention butter. Smoke and Butter. Oh, yeah. Our new nicknames <laughs> that came out of this song and experience. <laughs> Our band name. <laughs> Our band name. Smoke and Butter. It sounds like Smoke in Butter. Like... Smoke it, it yeah. like the butter is smoking, well, which you don't want. Oh, I love it. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, so when I came to the session, y'all were doing vocals. Mm-hmm. I came. I actually came twice in that day. So I came first, and the band and the guys were kind of finishing up. And then when I came back later, y'all were doing vocals. Right. Somehow we started joking about you being smoke, Susanna, right. and you being butter. Your voices, yeah. <laughs> which, which. You, it's really, I feel like with that name, you already have your first gig, which is the happy hour slot at Continental Club. Is it the happy hour? I feel like it's more of a brunch gig. But maybe you know I'm, I'm thinking food. I was being generous. It's definitely a brunch gig. Totally 100%. a brunch gig. While bacon is making in the, in the kitchen and the coffee's brewing. Smoking Smoke butter. butter. You guys are just trying to get to the Gueros 1 like p.m. A, slot. Yeah, that's, yeah. Your, that's your career goal. Gospel brunch, baby. Oh, my God. That is a very Austin-centric joke that if you know, you know. You know, you know. Have you ever had any romantic experiences like that? Like a sort of beautifully perfect... uh, Not as as perfect as he makes it sound. You know, there's there's like with some pretty... I don't know, little tiffs here and there from my past that I used to hold in a much higher regard than I do today. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I can't fully identify. I, I the, the thing I can't stop thinking about, and it really does just make me crack up, is I never would have cut off contact. <laughs> yep. I know for a fact you wouldn't have cut off contact. I know I know at least like three or four of your exes. Walk, yeah. Walker's like good at staying friends with everybody somehow. Well, thank you for saying that. And I also would have... Uh, not been able to just be like, this is impractical. Would have been like, no. now I'm learning Spanish yeah, and moving exactly. to Barcelona. You <laughs> would have been reciting Spanish poetry the next day. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We probably wouldn't be sitting here and we would have never met. Well, I'm opening the song confessional office in Barcelona. <laughs> when we uh, when we turned the mics off, we we kept talking about this uh, this kind of analog recording thing. And um, I brought up an interview with Questlove that I listened to where he was talking very reverentially about old soul and R&B records and saying that, you know, part of the magic of those recordings is that they're, they're not classically trained musicians and the way that they play is imperfect and you really do hear the magic of an ensemble together mm-hmm. because they're not using a digital timekeeper 
to yeah. keep them in time. You can't edit it. You have to just, you have to choose because you're recording it to tape the best overall performance. And I don't know. I think I, I think because you know the flip side of what he was saying is that we're better musicians now technically, but that is the magic. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it really. You know, neither neither way is necessarily right or wrong. There can be magic in both versions, but there's always going to be nostalgia for the version that isn't as common, mm-hmm. and that you know now everything is just so perfect. Like you were saying, it's just like there there is no room for error. The second you hear something that's wrong, you go back and you you slice in a mm-hmm. measure from another take, yeah. or you overdub it, or you perfect it. You you nudge stuff in the computer. I mean, every it, that's just how music is made these days. Whereas. Mm-hmm. Specifically as a drummer, one thing I always love hearing on those old records are like the random stick clicks and rim hits. And it's obviously a drummer playing a take and he didn't hit it perfect. But now that stick click sounds better than if it wasn't there, yeah. you know? And now it's, you try to do something like that intentionally and it just feels unnatural. Uh, totally. And, and, and on those old records too, I mean, you just hear mistakes like you're describing, you mm-hmm. hear these mistakes, but it's it's kind of wrapped up in all this enthusiasm that's in the performance and so, like yeah, so much like character. And yeah, just, it, it feels so honest. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's part of uh, what we get out of seeing live music is that it is that real honest honesty coming out of the performance. I mean, mm-hmm. even though people use technology in all sorts of ways now when they perform live it still gets you really close to that, that thing. Definitely. I, I, that's perfect bridge to something that, uh, Jack O'Brien from the bright light social hour said to the band. We were doing like an 11 year album re-release, uh, show at the Mohawk here in town. It was a pretty big show. We hadn't played a big show in a little while and it was like new member and we got some, we were feeling a little pressure and all that. And Jack said something to us all right before we went on stage. That was so perfect was they're here for the mistakes. And that's what live music is. Yeah, that's why I go. I'm there mm-hmm. because I know something different is going to happen. Something unexpected is going to happen. You know what a mistake might mean a random three minute jam that isn't on the recording, or it might mean something that inspires somebody to play a solo in a place that it isn't normally there, whatever mm-hmm. it is, or it might just cause the song to completely break down, but that's pretty fun to watch too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On this recording, uh, Jim, he recorded Carrie and Susanna's vocals. They each had their own mic. And then there was one mic that was capturing the room and it was at the top of the ceiling. So there's like maybe 20 feet. And so the, the, what you hear, the vocal sound you hear is a blend of those three microphones and it captures this really beautiful thing because they're singing in the room together. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're hearing both of their voices on the other one's mic. But then when they sing really loud and they sing together, you're also hearing it on this mic that's capturing the room. And it just adds this beautiful human dynamic element to it. Uh, Maybe a way to understand that if you don't have the music vocabulary is basically when they're louder, more mics are being picked up. And because more mics are, it's picking up the sound of the room. And I don't know. I think that's such a beautiful thing about recording uh, is you can capture the humanity Mm -hmm. of a room like that with honestly a pretty simple technique which is just having another mic but it's such a beautiful thing and every time that they sing the chorus together and they sing loud i hear that mic because it adds a new dimension to their voice and it's my favorite part of the recording uh, that, that makes me 
think back even further in time of how, you know, amphitheaters and theaters in general were designed with basically like a quarter dome behind the band mm-hmm. for the same reasons, because it would just, the way it would shoot the sound out to the audience was when it was loud and when you had all those musicians playing mm-hmm. together and, you know, in harmony, it just fills those spaces and it and the room is a performer as much as the people themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and that is a cool thing with recording like this is you can hear the room as well as the musicians. The theme song you heard at the top was written and performed by me and Zach. It was engineered and mixed by Adam Mason and it features some cool saxophone from one Topaz McGarrigal. The Song Confessional Podcast is produced by myself, Walker Lukens, Aaron Blackerby, Jim Eno, Rylan Kettery, Adam Mason, Mike Lee, and brought to you by KUTX. That song, Barcelona, was written by Carrie Rodriguez and Susanna Schofell. If you like this podcast, the very best thing you can do for us is send it to a friend, send it to a family member, send it to a former teacher or anybody that might pop in your head. 